Hey, hey, good bitches, and welcome to this week's episode of Good Bitch. I'm Jules, Rangi Heyuwe. And I'm Jodie Clark, and we're just two good bitches trying to live good lives. Today, we're back with the gorgeous Chantelle Otten. We've got her back for part two. Chantelle is a renowned sexologist passionate about empowering people of all genders, all identities, to feel great about sex. We love it, and we're so grateful to have her back for another episode. We're about to jump in for part two of our episode with Chantelle Otten. So get ready to be sex educated as she answers all all of your burning questions. Right, Chantel, I'm going to start by throwing myself under the bus because I have a question that happened to me last Friday night and I've been thinking, fuck, who do I, who do I ask? Who do I get advice from? Mm-hmm. I mean, the number one, Chantel Watson. <laughs> I've gone straight to the top. So I, yeah, single gal in COVID, didn't line up, stupid of me, didn't line up any sneaky links, nothing. So haven't had any human contact in six fucking hours. I don't even like to count. Months. Six months or whatever. Last Friday night, went on a... First date, GBs, I'll give you the full wrap in our next solo app. But mm-hmm. at the crux of it, I we ended up in my bed and um, we didn't sleep together, but we did a lot of other fun things. Um, we basically wanked each other off. But my thing is, Chance, that throughout the whole of COVID, I was using my womanizer a little bit more, watching only girl on girl porn. And I found that I really had to watch porn. So anyway, he's trying to wank me off. And I was like, oh, like at this point, I'm like, I, I'm so wet. I just need to, I just need to get my nuts. So I walked over, got my vibrator, got my rabbit, got my riding crop, got everything. <laughs> he's, you know, I'm doing everything and he's sucking my nipples. The whole, sh- it was a theatrics, the whole works. And I just could not come. And uh, it was, a, is there such thing as a sensory overload when too much is going on? Had you had a few drinks that night as well? Oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're drinking. <laughs> a few drinks is, yeah. Understatement. Oh, yes, understatement. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like different contexts, right? I think also like the drinks wouldn't have helped. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have helped. So for some people, they will feel better having drinks. For others, because I think you're so aware of how you can come and how you do find pleasure, it might not have been the vibe, but also I recognize that maybe you were trying to aim for an orgasm towards the end of that session. You're like, I need to have one. Yes. Otherwise, like, what has happened? I'm yeah. broken. So it's probably down to your mindset. Like the brain is the biggest sexual organ. You also know how to pleasure yourself really well. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be some room for you to have a grace period where you're not aiming for a climax. You're aiming for just pleasure. And it sounds like you did achieve that within this session. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that you bought your womanizer and you bought your toys into it. Cause that's what they're there for. But I think if you're going to be relying on someone using their hands or their mouth on you, you probably need to get used to your hands again. Got yeah. It. Or you probably need to wait you know, at least 25 minutes if they're going down on you or playing with you because you're used to the quick come, you know mm-hmm. how it's going to happen. That arousal period is a bit shorter when you're masturbating. It's usually within like three to five minutes. Um, when you're having sex with someone else, sexual play with someone else, it takes about 25, 30 minutes for you to reach that place where you could even achieve that climax. So you actually just need to relax let yourself enjoy the journey, not focus on the destination. You're so right because mm. it was so hot and heavy. It was like on the couch, quickly, let's move <laughs> to the bedroom, quickly. Everything had to happen really fast. So I think I was like, well, shit, he's going to come. I really want to come as well. Yeah. So you're so right. Now on that note, because we're very pro-masturbation over here at Good mm-hmm. Bitch, we've done whole episodes on it. How healthy 
is it in terms of how much we do it? Mm. So if we have a GB, they've written in telling us they're masturbating six days a week, but she's worried, like, is this healthy? Am I, do I have a problem? No, not at all. Okay. You know, if you're if you're distressed by it, I mean, maybe we can talk about it. If you're doing it in public or, like, <laughs> illegally, then definitely we need to talk about it. But nothing wrong with success. We do it more if you want to. You know, it's if it's not disturbing your life, I think that, you know, it, it's fine. We Why are we kind of told this narrative that masturbation mm. is wrong? You might also be just doing it because it releases the endorphins. It makes you feel really good. You're sleeping mm. better. You're stressed less, you know. I think it sounds very healthy to me. There we go, GB. Yeah. A professional sexologist says go forth. So that's our green light. Uh, next question. GB says, I'm in a relationship, but I think a lot in capital letters about other people. I have never acted upon this, dot, dot, dot. But is this a bad sign? Mm. Um, if it's a fantasy and you really like also love your partner and care for them, which it kind of sounds like you do, Um, then no, I think it's just fantasy. I mean, we all have fantasies about people, whether we know them or not, you know, celebrities, people that you make up, people in your dreams, people in novels. It's all super healthy. You also haven't stepped over the line. It doesn't also sound like you're considering stepping over the line as well Mm. into kind of outside of the relationship. So I don't think it's a concern, but if you are concerned about it, then go see a therapist and actually just work it out because I can't give you too much advice on that because I don't know your personal situation. But I think if you are worried, then it's worth talking about it with someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it's only human nature. I, I think I'd get weird if my partner was just like, I'm only obsessed with you and I don't yeah. ever look at anyone else. And I also yeah. think a healthy amount of desire can be great in a relationship too. Never mm. acting on it, but just knowing that, you know, yeah. your person's wanted you know, maybe a little bit of a flirt here and there. I don't think it's that harmful. I don't think it's that harmful. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, it just shows me that your eroticism is alive and well. Mm. You know, that's a that's a really good thing. If you're having fantasies, that means that you've still got that imagination for eroticism. Mm-hmm. 100%. Now, we also have a few GBs uh, that write in in terms of them being in long-term relationships. I can relate to this one personally as I had a long-term relationship breakdown previously because I just didn't want to have sex with him anymore. And it, it, it kind of, that was it for us. I, I felt like I was sleeping with my brother and I had to call a spade a spade. What do we to say to our listeners who have been with a partner for, let's say, X amount of years, they want to spice it up. And maybe in, in, that, in that conversation, they're suggesting maybe bringing other people into the relationship, mm-hmm. swinging or what is your take on, on introducing things like that in relationships? Will it ruin it? Can it strengthen it? What's your professional opinion? You both have to be on board and ready for that. So Mm. if there's someone that's not, it's hard. Um, I do think that a way to kind of test those waters is going to sex clubs. We don't have any open because of COVID, Mm -hmm. obviously. But, you know, if you – I also kind of think, like, if you can't be talking – like, if you can't talk about sex with each other, if you can't kind of be trying to spice it up, like, with toys, with different games and by having a a level of, like, erotic connection between you, then it might be a little bit tougher because Mm. you need to be able to talk, you need to be able to create boundaries between you when you are exploring other options. But I think if you can, you know, just stating the obvious and just saying, hey, like, 
I think we need something a little bit different. I love you. I want to be with you, but I think we need to invite someone in. If you are thinking we need to separate, then having someone else in there will be challenging because I, I really think that you need to be in a, in a solid place if you're going to explore other people being in your bedroom mm. as well. Uh, GBs, I'm going to apologize because I'm going to chuck out another hetero question, but one that I'm reading quickly that mm. I can relate to wholeheartedly is this narrative around men being naturally more hornier than women. I know for myself in every single relationship, I'm the one that's DTF or down to fuck. Mm-hmm. It, how do I find that balance? Because I start to kind of feel like they almost don't, like I need to be lusted over. Can you give me a little bit more context as to like what you're what you're trying to kind of get across here? So if uh, my ex-partner only wanted to have sex max twice a week, whereas yeah. I really, it, with all the situationships I've had, I love having sex like three times a night until three years in, very yeah. high sex drive. And I started to feel like he sort of didn't find me attractive because I needed that uh, yeah. human physical contact and I, I wanted to feel lusted after mm-hmm. is there a way that I can find a, a balance without I don't want to pressure anyone into having sex they don't want to have yeah like how do you deal when there is a, a vast difference in sex drives within a relationship there will always be a difference in sex drives within a relationship one person will have a higher sex drive the other person will have a lower sex drive I also think like there's a common narrative that it's the penis owner that will have the higher sex drive but I really find that that's not mm. often true. Mm-hmm. It's the vulva owner in um, in hetero relationships. But I think that it is really about communication. And unfortunately, it's just a bit of a challenging road. You know, there's no easy way of figuring this out. It takes therapy. It takes communication. It's saying how, like, if you don't want us to have sex, like, what is it about? Is it because you're tired? Like, it is really about saying, like, babe, I, like, I know you're horny tonight. I'm not feeling it because I'm like, had a, I've had a really stressful time, um, but I'll use a toy on you or I'll sit next to you while you masturbate. Like it is about really finding like other options that are not all about like penetration and mm. orgasm. Um, I really think that it's about mixing it up into smaller little bite-sized approaches, but then also just saying like, if you're going through a period of time where your sex drive is lower, like that has to be communicated well, and there needs to be some kind of negotiation between you. Great. Hun, thank you so much because that, yeah, it sounds much more. Yeah. Once you just have it set out, it, of course, easy, easy. Um, mm. We're going to start wrapping this up. We've got one more question each yes. and then we'll let you go. We're so grateful of your time. Well, I was, I was going to ask Chantal, on that note, what do you recommend starting off with if someone's new to introducing introducing toys into their relationship? We've had a GB write in that she really wants to try double penetration with her partner. Yeah. Um, so things like this, I feel like sometimes with head relationships men can be a little bit intimidated how -hmm. would you go about sort of introducing a toy with a partner toys are just there to be an extension of our sexual selves so then i don't know why there is this kind of narrative that they're there to replace anyone i Mm. mean my sex toys don't cuddle me at night or give me a kiss or tell me they love me you know i think that if you can introduce it in that way and just say, hey, this is like for a different kind of experience, this is for a little bit of fun, why don't we do some shopping together? Um, if they're really against it, I think you just have to go ahead and start using them yourself, you know? Mm. Your partner doesn't rule what you do f- for yourself. Um, and between you, I think 
that's something that you have to negotiate as needed. But just saying like, this is a very important part of my sexuality, especially for vulva owners. You know, if you're, if you're looking at intercourse as a way for you to orgasm, I mean, that's going to be very difficult because the penis is nowhere near the clitoris during that time. It also doesn't vibrate. So I think that, um, saying things like, it will make things a little bit more fun for me. I've bought a toy for you as well. I'd love to try it on you. You know, we can ease into it. Let's do a, an erotic massage with a happy ending. Like mm-hmm. I think, or like get a couple's toy that you can use on each other. That's really important too. So making it be a little bit more, I guess, focused around the the people who are having sex with each other that's probably a really healthy way to go but if it's not working and you really want to use toys and go to see a sexologist as a couple and talk about it talk about what the fears are there what the uh what the barriers are there perfect one question that came up multiple times which i think we'll end on yeah um, which i didn't realize this was a, a, a you know apart from experimenting what is the best resource to find different sex positions Oh, mm. I mean, that's a really hard one. There's, there's not really like a resource apart from like the, the Tantra book that shows you different sex positions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few great things on a few great resources on Love Honey. Like you can get some board games like the foreplay board game or like there are these date night cards that say like different ways you can have sex. But um, probably just like a Tantra book of p- positions is the best way to go. That's kind of got the most extensive um, list, yeah. Oh, well, we'll be off to the library ASAP, Jade. After this yeah. interview, this is the horniest interview we've done, and that's <laughs> that is huge for good bitch. Chantelle Otten, thank you so much for your time. Um, you. We couldn't believe that we got you as a guest. We're yes. just so in awe of you and grateful. Like you know, even though we're in the podcasting land, what you do really helps every woman. Like mm-hmm. it helps it us. It helps everyone. So we can't thank you mm-hmm. enough. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to both of you. This has been a really fun episode. And definitely in real life, Margie's as soon as we can. Absolutely. And how can can our GBs go out and grab your book, Chantal? You know what? You can just find it at all, you know, available bookstores. Like it, it uh, I don't know, Ellen and Unwin's website, my publishers are doing an amazing job, Booktopia, wherever you want. It's the sex ed that you never had. GBs, this book is for your younger siblings, your youngest cousin. It's for your girlfriends in high school. It's for your mother. It's for your grandma. Get on to it and follow your gals at Good Bitch Pod. We'll be in your ears next Tuesday. Yes. Love you, bitches. We love you. Good bitch.